Hello and welcome to Blotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reading A Well-Favored Gentleman by Christina Dodd. This was published in 1998 and is the second of the Fairchild series. And it is a part of both Scott Week and Supernatural Creature Week. So it's, it's really, it's got it all including the kitchen sink. <laughs> You remember last week we talked about the first in the series, A Well-Pleasured Lady. This book continues about 10 years after that one left off. So an odd time period to go, but you know, why not? Sure. And this book focuses on Ian, who you may remember from the first book, tried to seduce Mary and admitted that his mother was a selkie. So apparently, after the events of the first book in the ten intervening years, Ian had reconciled with Mary and Sebastian, Yes. gone into business with them, become good friends with Hatton, and made his fortune all over the world. Yeah, so he's super rich. All he needs now is some land. And because as you know, in all these historicals, they need... So trope number one, I guess, I need to get some land. Well, and he's the bastard son of an aristocrat who himself doesn't have a title. Right. And so he needs his own, like, to feel at home somewhere, I mm -hmm. guess. So <laughs> his father, Leslie, who you may remember from the first book as the biggest dick in the whole world. <laughs> in the whole world. He is 100% the biggest dick in the whole world. And that continues unabated. In the intervening years, had gone back to Scotland to be the guardian of a friend's daughter. Yeah. So the friend's daughter would now be 21, except that when he showed up to be her guardian, he attempted to force himself on her, mm -hmm. only succeeded in not raping her because he couldn't get it up, at which point she fled into the highlands and is presumed missing, if not dead. Yeah. You know what? Let's do the book jacket real quick. Yeah, because I think that's like the in, that's how we that's, got here. Yeah, that's, that's what, what happened in the ten years. That's what happened between. in the ten years. Yeah. So book jacket, take it away. Where has she been? The rumors fly throughout the Scottish countryside about Lady Alana, the beautiful and mysterious displaced mistress of Fionnaway Manor, and now she has emerged from hiding, only to find her beloved estate besieged by greedy relatives and coveted by a darkly handsome Englishman. Ian Fairchild knows that Finnaway. Wait, Fionnaway? Uh -huh. Ian Fairchild knows that Fionaway belongs to him alone. For years he yearned for the cherished place where he passed his childhood. He can secure his rights to the manor only through marriage with the enigmatic Alana. But the exquisite Hellion has warned him at knife point to leave her alone. Now with skill and charm, Ian must penetrate the lady's defenses and boldly lay claim to her body and spirit. But first, he must prove himself worthy, and he holds the power to enchant and delight, inflame and inspire, and to convince this lady her true home is in her lover's heart. <laughs> this is a horrible book jacket. <laughs> it's really bad. So first of all, just in order, um, the people who have taken over her estate, not her relatives. No, no, not her relatives. Um, it's also never brought up in the text that Ian knows this is the part of Scotland he's from. Nope. 
Until the end. Until the end. And like even then he doesn't acknowledge it as like, oh, this is the town I grew up in. Nope. He never says that in the whole book. You think it might have come up. You would think, but but nope, nope, doesn't come up. Um, additionally, he can secure his rights to the manor only through marriage with the enigmatic Lana. I mean, that's true, but he doesn't figure it out for a while. Right. So it's like it's not like that's his goal coming in. And she also doesn't warn him at knife point to leave her alone. She goes in with a knife to kill him. That is how the book opens, in fact, is he wakes up with a knife at his throat. And she can't go through with it. And she can't So she didn't go in to be like, I'm alive, but don't come at me. Nope. She came in hoping, you're never going to know I'm alive because now you're going to be dead. Yep. Um, So, you know. What are we? What are we gonna do with this? Uh, well, this week our random number was two, so we're not gonna be able to fix a lot of it. That said, I think this gave us a really interesting opportunity to uh, to be creative. Sure. What was yours too? Animal attraction. I like it. This has several meanings. So. It does. And they're uh, all applicable to the text. Mine was secret selkies. <laughs> I just went all in with the obvious. Do it. Do it. Secret. Selkies. There you go. Because guess what? The Selkies are real, you guys. Selkies are real. And I'm just going to lay it all out there. Being half Selkie gives Ian dun, 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 magic powers. <laughs> yes, he has magic powers. He can control the weather. He can uh, speak to animals and like calm them and get to know them and see into their souls. And I, I don't know exactly what it is, but maybe it's some kind of astral projection or something. But he can give his he can give alana very realistic wet dreams <laughs> unclear if that one was is just innate to selkies or innate to selkies wearing a magic ring yes so he when, a ring, that's when he true. has his magic ring on he can also see auras see truth if like people are lying or not mm-hmm. and if people touch the stone in his magic ring he can like feel their intent yes so you can do a lot of things it's sort of unclear the weather and the animals are definitely just inherent to selkies yes the auras and the like deceit telling are definitely the ring Ring. but the astral projection unclear yeah we don't know not sure about that one but he can do it he can and does and does (sighs) so tropes yes we have Lane brought this up a few books ago, but yeah, here we have the Scottish lady who's close to the land, so she has this connection with the land and the people. Like she is her town, exactly. She is her state. She is her people. Yes. Uh, there's a bastard marrying a woman with money or land. Um, once again, you've got court and cousins. Though yes. instead of Ian being the court and cousin this time, you have her cousins her who cousins, have shown yeah. up to lay claim to the estate because. The setup for this novel is, as we've said, Lady Alana went missing five years ago when Leslie showed up to be her guardian. But until she reached majority, no one couldn't inherit the land anyway. And she needs to be gone for seven years before she can be declared dead. So no one's really challenged Leslie's right to be guardian of the estate in those five years, figuring either she'd be declared dead in two years or she'd come back. But Leslie's dying. Yes, Leslie is dying. And for some reason, Ian doesn't understand how Leslie is connected with the land. He thinks Leslie owns it outright, and and when he dies, Leslie will give it to Ian. I think what 
it, once again, don't look too closely. Nothing in this book is very well explained. My sense was that Ian didn't know there were any heirs uh -huh. at all to Alana's estate. Like she had no family at all. Right. And so by default, because Leslie was the guardian, he would have inherited yeah. like which, her father's which estate. Which still doesn't make sense, but you know, whatever. No, and like no questions are asked in this. Turns out that she doesn't, like Alana's father is the one who gave Leslie the right mm -hmm. to like the land, but it turns out it's not even his. No. <laughs> no, it, it passes through the female line. So who knows what the F is going on? It's weird. Um, but so anyway, Alana's cousins show up with Leslie dying. Yes. Because they're going to make their claim that Alana's missing, Leslie's dead, someone has to look over the land, and it should be so them by right. Powers. And so when they realize Alana is alive... Then they decide one of them is going to court her. It's, a, it's her. not quite the full plot point it is in the previous one, but it's there. It's there. Um, and by default, they are both nasty nasty people so alana yeah. has unacceptable airs yes yes uh and then there are a lot of disguises in this book. i have so much i want to say about this okay so alana never left the village she never left the village she has been there the whole time as their witch and apparently cinders goose fat and charcoal charcoal plus some stuffing to go under your clothes is sufficient to fool everybody and to not only realize that not they don't even realize an old woman is a young woman let alone that that young woman is lady alana because they do say that there's always been a village witch and one witch change trains the next witch so when the old witch dies there's already a new witch in place but the thing that bothered me about this is Ian wears a magic ring that lets him see, like, the truth of situations. At this point, he's met Lady Alana. He's yeah. stared into her eyes. He's, like, yeah. forged a connection with her the night yeah. she tried to kill him. But when he goes to meet the witch, he has... All he can tell is the witch is lying. Yeah. He doesn't think, wow. Well, to be... She looks kind of young and be, the same as Lady Alana. Yeah. To be sort of fair, she does not touch the ring. She refuses to touch it because she's smart enough to figure that out. And yeah, and he does figure out that it's her relatively quickly. No, not until she washes off her face. No, he figures it out. He knew. Well, we'll have an argument about that. If you want to weigh in, read the book yourself. <laughs> I think it was too dumb to be believed. Um, and so, by the extent of too dumb to be believed, this is like the first book. This is like the first book in that the, the setting is not a realistic depiction of Scotland. No, magic is real. Yeah. Like, this no. one goes all in on the we are not in a normal space-time plane. Right. But to compare with the book that we're going to be reading very soon, Soulless, mm -hmm. that took place in a recognizable London. True. Which had vampires and werewolves. Right. You know, so that's what I'm saying is it's not just, it's not just the fact that there's magic. Yeah. It's also that it's not, it's not like there's magic in this small Scottish town that's really cool. It is a completely different world, a completely different Scotland, alternate reality Scotland. Right. Where, like even the way the humans interact with each other. Yes. Is, makes no sense to a human mind. Yeah. So the deal with this town and why it's magic and why it's special is the cove in this town is like the selkies favorite yeah like so place to come like to land place that's where the selkies live is right off shore so they've made a deal and years ago 
the Selkies signed a contract mm-hmm. with the Lairds of Finaway, Fiona Way yeah. or whatever. Well, the I guess not the Lairds, the ladies. The, they were still Lairds, but... The Lady Lairds. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not up on Scotland. And even if I were, this book is alternate reality Scotland, so who knows? Maybe it was the Lairds. They yeah. were all ladies. Who kn- yeah, they're all ladies, but I think they went by Lairds because that's what confused him. He was like, wait, the first Laird who signed uh, the treaty was a, a woman? And she was like, yeah. 100% true, Lane. You are, that is, that is correct. These are the types of details I read for. <laughs> um, but, so, the Selkie signed this, whatever, treaty with the owners of Fiona Way. And so, the people of the village keep the beach clean and acceptable to the Selkies. Yeah. And in return, the Selkies leave these special stones. Sea opals. They sounded pretty cool. I wouldn't mind having They like sounded a sea like opal mood ring. rings. They did, but like real mood rings. But act to could tell you about other people's moods. But was can that's can Ian only do that because he's a Selkie? Like no a regular idea. human wore a ring like that? They didn't Would they ex- send smooths or is it just really pretty? Guys, this was not explained. Right. So apparently all. the economy of this town has been secretly reliant on these sea opals, but no one knows where they come from. No one's ever asked any questions around the world and who knows how many of them there are, mm-hmm. but they're incredibly valuable. They're incredibly valuable because you can't mine them or something. Unknown, unknown. And again, don't look too closely mm-hmm. because... Who knows? And apparently another part of this treaty is twofold. One, that Fiona Way must pass down through female lineage because that is how the Selkies view inheritance. I guess. Who knows? That she must marry a man who is legitimate. There are so many codicils in this contract. Oh. I'm sure there are more that aren't mentioned in this That book. if a Selkie and a human get married. But that's not even part of this contract. That's just, guys, FYI, if a Selkie and a human get married, there are lots of, there are things that go on in that marriage. I think it, they're, they're two different contracts here. So, right, so if a Selkie and a human get married, the Selkie can only live on land for 12 years past the birth of the first child. Yeah. And then they have to go live in the sea. Yeah. And uh, both of them, the married couple. Yeah, the spouse is supposed to go with the Selkie. Unclear if the kids can go live in the sea. Oh, they can. They're, they're all supposed to go back together. Th- that was never stated. Okay, well, maybe I'm just assuming here. Yeah, no, like literally never stated what happens to the children of aforementioned union. And that if the non-Selkie partner breaks the terms of the bargain, that will eventually kill them. It'll catch it, up to them. After an indeterminate amount of time. And it sounds like a horrible death. It does, but indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. Unsure about, yeah, how long it takes. Minimum 35 years. <laughs> no, no, not true. Minimum 24 years. Yeah. In this individual's circumstance. Um, so if you. Well, not minimum. We don't know what the minimum is. No, we have no idea. Yeah, we actually, we don't know. But at least. It, it can happen within 24 years. I, we don't know if that's the maximum. But this minimum. only applies if they get married. And they this this happens if you break a promise to a Selkie. Right, but what promise? We don't. Have I mean, promise in made? this case, the promise was marriage. Spoiler alert. But yeah. <laughs> so guys, this world building makes no sense. No. Yeah. So we. I. This is some dreamy surreal world where we already talked about the fact Selkies exist. That young, attractive women can somehow disguise themselves as old witchy crowns. Yeah. And of course, 21-year-old hotties mm-hmm. fall in love with 35-year-old men. All the time. The other thing I really loved about this is he's wealthy. 
so what? He has so much money. Apparently, she, supposedly, he's got a ton of cashola. And this town in Scotland has been blighted by bad harvests. Yes. Like, bad rains. But the family of Fiona Way always keeps the town afloat secretly through the selling of sea opals. No one has ever questioned where this money come from, comes from. Nope. Um, and in spite of the fact that at this point they're already engaged and she knows he is lahoded, yeah. she still thinks the most important thing is to sell the sea opals. Yeah. And apparently, like, selling four can keep an estate afloat for an entire year. Yeah, oh yeah, at least a year, probably more. Yeah, so like that's how valuable all this is. Yeah, oh yeah, one of the other codicils of this contract with the Selkies is she's gotta pull a rune stone from a bag every year on her birthday. Oh my God, I forgot about this. Remember? Oh, but the best part, I think, is, okay, how do I explain this? So, every year she pulls a rune stone, then she wears it around her neck. Mm-hmm. But it's implied that if she gives one of those rune stones away, or if somebody takes the runestone from her, then they take on yes, whatever magic power it is. is there. Yeah, she had, she traded it. Some guy wanted to trade her, and she was like, "Okay, I'll trade you that runestone, no, no problem." And then, but like, she gave one to his cousin. That's right, she did. And yep. the preacher took one from her. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. The preacher. He was yeah. like, "Let's exchange." He saw it, and he was like, "Oh, let me exchange that one." Yeah, take this one instead. Yep. Anyway, uh, and, but they are real and they do impart destiny. Yes, yes, they're real and they do. Yeah, exactly. I don't. They don't just predict the future. They can somehow. Control right, it. because like you yeah. can decide who gets the rune. Right, even after you, because it's not random. Like it's random yes. when she picks it. But then, but then from that point forward, right. it's conscious. Exactly. So there are some major issues with this book. We'll get there. But again, what did I like about this? This consistently gothic atmosphere yes i really enjoyed it yes i liked the atmosphere of this one more yeah i probably because it's not i, I feel like this one made even fewer pretensions toward reality given the selkie magic yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. i i really liked that she just embraced it she was just like we're going there yeah like, all the way we're going all the way with this book and they do go all the way. They do. Oh, oh God. I really liked Wilda. So Wilda, if you remember from the previous book, mm-hmm. she was the Fairchild sister who had fallen in love and was, her whole family made fun of her basically because she was in love. She had suffered the unrequited love and she wasn't, basically wasn't as evil as the rest of them. Thing we didn't mention in the first book and we should have, but so we'll say it now. Fairchild is not just a moniker. They are all startlingly beautiful. Oh, they are the most beautiful people to ever walk this earth. So when you say look like a fair child, we don't just mean like, oh, family resemblance. We mean stop in the tracks, ruin traffic. Every man or woman who meets these people is immediately in love. Exactly. So Wilda and Ian are both. Yes show-stoppingly yes. gorgeous. Although Wilda, Ian is is a, a bit of an aberration because he's dark-haired. And all of the other Fairchilds are fair. Blonde. They're fair. <laughs> anyway, I really liked Wilda. I, I first said I liked everything about her except that she was portrayed as dumb. On the other hand, when I thought about it more, she's not as stupid as she actually it acts. So I all, then I did kind of like her again. I felt like so I, she, I was ambivalent maybe she babbles that. that's she like babbles, her defining yes. character trait and i didn't know if christina dodd was trying to say more about her intelligence mm-hmm. 
and attribute some sort of different perspective to her or if it was just this character's only character trait is that she babbles and people are going to think she's dumb it was very poorly defined like I didn't know how I was supposed to think she was on the spectrum or like and the fact that I couldn't tell means it was done very badly yes but in general I liked I liked Wilda as a character as a basically as someone who didn't have ulterior motives. Yes. She's like the only honest one. The only person, like literally the only person, not, Alana, Ian, Alana's Mary cousins, Haddon. Mary Haddon. The, the, we're going back to the other book. Uh, but Leslie, even the preacher, mm-hmm. everyone in this book has some ulterior motive or some hidden something. And, yeah. And Wilda has, is hiding nothing. Yeah. So I, I think it was a good foil maybe for the rest of the book. And maybe that's why I liked her. Uh, no, I thought she was a. She added something to the story yes. for sure. Yeah, she just made no sense in a realistic context. Yes, like everything else. Yeah, and and I thought this book. When I say fairy tale elements, I feel like there were more fairy tale elements in this book as well. So, for example, um, Alana says that she'll never take the risk of falling in love. For, uh, with with any man born of woman. Which, first of all, why would anyone say that? She said it several times. Too. I know. Second of all, though, he wasn't born of a woman. Exactly. He was born of a selkie. So very Scottish play here as well. So very Macbeth, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, I liked that. The whole thing about that. I liked everything about that. The fact that his father's dying from breaking a pact with a selkie. Yep. The fact... Oh, I loved it. Uh-huh. I, mean, I loved so, it. I don't know how you felt about it. I don't know. Like, I didn't... I can't look at these books objectively. I yeah. just like it's impossible for me. So he can't say I love you trope. He can't trope, say trope, he loves trope. You. Yeah. He struggles with the words. And he sort of says, I know if I could love you're the only woman I ever could and then names all these like natural unnatural yes. phenomenon that have never occurred. If I loved a woman, I would love her enough to make the full moon shine on a new moon night. And all this other stuff. All this other stuff. And then guys he somehow makes it happen. <laughs> yes. I am going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to be completely honest. Probably everyone listening to this right now is going to be like, are you kidding me? This book made me cry. <laughs> Wait. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. What? I know. I, I cry very easily. So, so why? But yeah, yeah. The, there's a part at the end where you think that Ian has died. And okay. he does, and of course, then the full moon shines, blah, 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 the whole thing. And I was like, oh, oh, wiping away a tear. <laughs> That's adorable. So I loved that part. I loved it. I loved it. And then, um, don't worry. This, I, this is a romance novel. He didn't actually die, guys. Or if he did, he was resurrected. By Selkie magic. Selkie magic. Well, and love magic. And love magic. Have you <laughs> that ever sounds way grosser than it? Than have it you is. ever played Final Fantasy X-2? No. Okay. The g- best ending from that video game involves the hero from the first game mm-hmm. washing up on a beach after having been dead for several years. There you go. So not like a couple minutes, but like a while. But it made me think of that. Mm-hmm. I, I love. So his his body in the the. Uh, this is a lot of spoils here, so I'm spoiling the very end of this book. But yeah. you know, if you were going to read this book, I don't think that my spoiling it is going to make you not read it because it won't make it. We're not. What we're saying doesn't make any more sense in context. No. 
So he was fighting with an assailant, and then both of their bodies get washed out to sea. Yes. And Mary goes out, Mary. Alana goes out, and she yells at the South Keys. She's like, bring back Ian's body. I need his body. I'm going to bury it, and I'm Mm -hmm. going to cry over it, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, but don't bring back the other guy's body. (laughs) You can keep that one. I don't want that one. I don't know. I just, like, really liked it. (laughs) No, it was She was charming. I think she was the closest thing to a realistic character, which that is said, <laughs> not that realistic, right. but it's also why, once again, the fact that most of the sexual encounters are non-consensual and <sighs> potentially even more non-consensual. Potentially. Because, I don't know how, well. Because she wasn't conscious. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that much more upsetting like so, i really hated the sex in this one yeah besides the dreams even those are kind of verge on non-consensual though yeah because you're not sure how fictitious they are like is he astral projecting himself i mean he's definitely not in there because he talks about it later right but, but he said he was also experiencing that yeah he was all he was experiencing them, yes i don't know i still thought it was like just a little too squicky for me so when he realizes the only way he can inherit fiona way is to marry her instead of being like i'm gonna woo this lady i'm gonna convince her that she should marry me because i'm super rich and hot and they've already started to like each other yeah he sneaks into her house where she conveniently to the plot i guess has given herself a sleeping potion yeah so she got injured and had had a rough day and she's like you know what i'm drugging myself to sleep screw it fine but so when he shows up in her house to uh, rape her he proceeds to finish the glass of wine she had left on the table and he's like oh no was that was that drugged and then he stays awake just long enough to strip naked and then he falls in bed with her and also falls into a drugged sleep. Which you're thinking, good. Yes. Rape averted. Exactly. I was they're like, gonna oh, wake they're up. gonna wake up. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Uh-uh. He wakes up before her and then, um, you know, rapes her. Seduces her while she can't consent. So in other words, she is not her. sure if it really happened or not when she wakes up, if it was just a sexy yeah. dream. And they say that she's suppressing the memory and I'm like, mm, whatever. Yeah, he says, like, oh, whatever she drank must have had some other effects. And it's, like, mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. <sighs> so then they they dream about each other. Yeah, so then he decides that he's going to, like, keep his hands off of her, I guess, until she consents for real. Even, oh, no, I'm sorry. We forget that he remembers. announces to society he ruined her the night before. Yeah. When she still doesn't remember in front of her. Yeah. So he's like telling her cousins and his father, uh, no, we had sex. And yeah. she's like, no, we didn't. And he's like, yes, we did last he night. Just, don't he's you like, remember? He's like, you just don't remember. And she's not like, what the fuck are you talking about? We need to have a discussion about this. She's just like, ugh. I mean, I kind of remember something, but no. It's, it makes no sense. Like, she wakes up sore with no real memory of him being there, yeah. except seeing a towel she thought she lost in the woods in her house. It doesn't make And her make thought sense. isn't like, I need to have some conversations about this. What the hell happened? No. no. So he decides he's not touching her again and not penetrating her again in any plane until she consents. So he projects himself into her dreams. He's like, dream of me. 
he says leave your door open and she doesn't and so he projects himself into her dreams and then brings her like just to the edge and disappears every night yeah and apparently he's been doing the same to himself like but that's just i'm trying to decide are there i don't know consciousness it's super unclear if it's like in the dream world yeah. or if it's like if it's not yeah who knows who knows um but then then she, when they he is seducing her basically with her consent at the end she withdraws consent and then flees and, and he has to away chase her and down her down and yeah, while right. pinning her down penetrates her mm-hmm. it's rough you guys it's and once again we have a situation where the scenes you get from her perspective make it clear that her resistance is perfunctory and she i feel gross saying this i'm gonna throw my mouth wants to be conquered yeah i know i know i just i had a really hard time with how drugged well the drug was obviously and how violent his take like it wasn't just this is awful because and i would hate this alone don't get me wrong but it's not just her saying no while kissing him back yeah it's her running and he pins her down in the grass like Mm -hmm. with his full weight holding Mm -hmm. her arms and like Mm -hmm. shoves it in her (laughs) minx is very upset at everything i'm saying as she should be i know and the thing is more than the first book i get why these two people like each other yeah and that in some ways makes the it, it makes it worse worse it does it really does <sighs> because i i liked a lot of the book i really liked a lot of it and and the sexual encounters really did bring it down for me but more than in the first one, I agree with you. If there wasn't this non-consensual element, exactly. Christina Dodd is good at writing sex. Mm-hmm. And so, and I liked these two characters outside of the weird sexual dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, I don't know what to do with it because I am objectively very angry about it. And yet at the same time, if I said, did you hate this book? No, I gave it two stars, not one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Right. That's the thing. There, the, and I think that's what's hard about these books is that there is enough there that I liked and that is memorable that I, I can't just dismiss it as, oh, that was just really awful, rapey, gross, which I can do with a lot of books. Yeah. I can do that with a lot of books. Yeah. So that's, I think, what's interesting about these. Uh, they're somewhat saved for me. I think the difference, because uh, I've been trying to think about like why I, I feel differently about this than I do about different, yeah, quote, types of rape in other ones we've read. And I think the difference is it's not, the women aren't presented as victims and don't feel like victims. I think, I agree with you. I think it's so... The, and like, that, that you, I know that that shouldn't be a reason why, but I agree with you. I think that is part of the reason why. Like I said, I don't, I'm not saying it's good or I want to read it, but I think part of the reason I'm not screaming from the rafters is these aren't presented as victims of sexual violence. Yes. And they should be. They should And be. if in a normal world, if this happened to them, they would likely be devastated and it would be a plot point. But here it's a, 
well, in my head, I wanted it all along, and now that it's done, I just can't wait to do it again. Yeah. And it's like, and, okay. And the whole thing where <laughs> she was drugged, it wasn't like this violation of my bodily autonomy while I was sleeping. It was a, yeah, I guess you probably had to do that so that we would get married. And I enjoyed it, even though I don't remember and it. Now I, well, now I remember it, and you're right, it was, it was hot. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's, I, we're not defending this. That's no the thing. There's no defense for it. No, but I'm trying to figure out why I have gotten on my high horse and like talk yes. about why I don't want this in literature. And I still don't. Like, I do I wish this had been consensual? Yes. yes. But I think the reason I'm not like screaming and throwing this book off the top of a building is because it's presented as if it had been consensual in hindsight. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. the women's recollection of it is as this, like, yeah, isn't my husband hot? Right? Not, because there are some books written during this era where the hero rapes the heroine. Yes. And then... And falls in love with him later. And, like, hates him after yes. it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then comes around. And these aren't that. These no. aren't women who are victims and then, like, get Stockholm Syndrome. Right. These are women who verbally <laughs> resist... And then decide that's how true love happens. Mm -hmm. Not I, defensible. I, 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 like I said in the first book, I think it plays to a certain type of fantasy. Yeah. Which is the man who actually knows my, my deepest thoughts, desires, and feelings. Right. Like, it can't be rape if it's the person who's the other part of your soul. Which, right. Like, yes, it can. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no other part of your soul. There's no actual person out there who knows your deepest thoughts, feelings. No, no, no. I get I that. Want. But what I'm saying is within this fantasy universe where that right, is right. true. No, exactly. But yeah. that's, and that's, you cannot read this book and think this is a realistic depiction of a relationship. No. And, and I, perhaps that is the reason why there aren't issues because it's not trying to convince me that this is how a real relationship should be. Right. This is how a relationship with a half selkie should be. I'd still say no, but... <laughs> I guess, but, you know, I, you know, it could, it could be. So that's, I don't know. I still don't want to reread it. It still yeah. was definitely too non-consensual for me. I still couldn't recommend it, but I'm definitely not upset and offended in the way I don't, how do I put this? I don't think victimhood was fetishized. Oh, uh -huh. very much agreed. I agree with that. <laughs> but stay tuned for the other read this week, which is with a supernatural creature. And in this book, consent is very much um, a part. So, thank God. I don't I know. I, are there more of these? Because I can't read them. There are no more. Of them. I, I'm maxed out. There's only two. Only two. <laughs> I okay. Thank you so much for listening. We would yeah, just stop it.